You're listening to the Sports Talk Podcast with Darcy Waldegrave from News Talk ZB. We're joined on Sports Talk and now by a former All Black, former Crusader and commentator, no longer golfer, I might add, Justin Marshall out of Queenstown. Justin, welcome to the show, mate. I trust you well. Yes, I am, Darcy. Nice to be back on the show. Um, and when you said no longer a golfer, I don't think I ever really was. I just play the game, but I wouldn't consider myself a golfer. So, yeah, I'll stick to the rugby component is nice. Did you pay your green fees? <laughs> well, you know, when we're talking about back in my youth, I used to get away with not paying them as much as I could. But uh, I, I, I realised the etiquette of golf. So in my, in my later years, Darcy, yes, I have paid my green fees. So it's nothing to do with trying to sneak the odd free round. Yeah, if you hook free rounds, mate, you're not a golfer, you're a pest. Anyway, Justin, thanks for joining us on the program. Interesting round Super Rugby. We're underway. We've got the uh, the Melbourne Super Round coming up this weekend. Stern Vern, it's got to be the best nickname for a coach, has come out mm-hmm. and said, look, a couple of our All Blacks aren't going to be playing in Yuwane uh, and Christie, and this is carrying on this rest and rotation line, and we know that this season the All Blacks have insisting that they have a couple of weeks off through head office. And, of course, there's limited minutes for some of these players as well. Here we go again. Do you have a huge opinion on the way this operates and what effect it actually does have, not only on the All Blacks, but on on Super Rugby too, Justin? Well, I do, Darcy. And, and look, I, I say this with the greatest respect to the New Zealand Rugby Union, to the system, to the decision makers, um, and, and equally to the players, because... The game dynamic has changed since I played the game. So I can say it as a former player, but obviously there are different variations and and, and obviously, uh, I guess, guidelines that are in place now, and that's fine. But, but at the end of the day, I look at it and I go, well, has it worked? We haven't won the last two Rugby World Cups. We've dropped test matches regularly in the last eight years, and it's ever since we adopted this rest and rotation and this mandatory standing the players down. So are the players and are we as a nation actually benefiting from it? Now, that's the first question I would ask in saying, well, you've got it in place, but to a degree, resting our players and keeping them fresh, is it winning us World Cups? Is it winning us test matches against South Africa at Twickenham and against Argentina in Christchurch and um, whatever team lands on our doorstep? Well, you probably have to argue a point that it's not. And then secondly... Are we, are we doing it correctly? Now, I believe Ethan Blackadder is one of those players that is on a, a mandatory all-black rest, and I know he's got a bit of a calf niggle at the moment, but still he's required to rest. Mate, that guy hasn't played any rugby in the last six or seven months. I think he played one game for Tasman, then he came to the Rugby World Cup, and I believe he started one game, possibly came off the bench for another. He's had three or four games of rugby, and yet they say that he's in the rest and rotation. Now, really? You ask him... I guarantee you sit down with him, you grab him in a bar when he's walking around Christchurch or wherever he may be and say, mate, do you want to put the boots on and play? And I guarantee you I know what the answer is. And there's a number of players like that, Justin Marshall, as we yep. know historically. I mean, you look at the great Jerry Collins when he wasn't playing, he was off playing league up in Porirua. You know that um, Scott Barrett's mm. not a fan of it. Sam Whitelock wasn't a fan of it. So you understand that they want to, I suppose, put some cotton wool around their players, but that's a drum I've been beating for a long time. Has it worked? Arguably, no, it hasn't. So why continue? No, and I don't know what Adi Savir's contract has looked like in the last four years, but I can tell you he, he is one that was very vocal about the fact that he just wanted to put the boots on and play because he felt it gave him confidence and made him a better player. 
And when I watched him throughout the course of a season, like he hardly ever stood down. And, I, and whether he had an exemption to say when he signed his last contract, you know what, boys, I just want to play rugby. So this rest and rotation thing, well, I want to be different. Um, whether he negotiated that or not, I'm not sure. But he ended up World Rugby Player of the Year at a difficult Rugby World Cup where there was superstars out there playing and he was the best player on the planet. So you have to look at his minutes and the time that he's been out there and say, well, here's an absolute uh, advocate for when guys want to play and they feel they want to play and they know their body, then who are you to look at them statistically and technically and measure them and say, yeah, well, we feel that you shouldn't play because ultimately when you see a player like that, it doesn't matter. He's got the minutes under his belt and he you perceivably is tired because he never looks like he's tired. He just loves playing. So I don't know where the info comes from and how it works. Like I said, I have sympathy and I understand it, um, but I'm just saying it as a former player equally. Whenever I got asked not to play, I wanted to play. I knew that my time in any jersey was limited. I knew that when I was fit and when I was healthy, the likelihood that I would then come back the following week after being rested for a week or two weeks and not taking any contact, that I get injured at training for no reason was probably quite high. And then I'll be regretting the fact that I'd missed two weeks of playing. So that's just me, the competitor I was, and the, the, and the mindset I've got for it. So I'm not for it. Um, but, hey, these, these people make their decisions for the reasons that they feel are necessary. And, again, I'm with you. Is it working? That's the big debatable question. What, you competitive Justin Marshall? You wouldn't read about it. <laughs> You get it. What, what, uh, what yeah. about the Ask fact that yeah. when he decided to take me off and I felt I wasn't injured? You, you, you didn't have a crack, did you, by any chance? I was apologising on the um, on the home show to the nation for uh, some pretty untidy language. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Marshall joining the program. So resting players after one week of Super Rugby, that sticks in the craw too, doesn't it? Like Vern Cotter said, this is yeah. what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. Deal with it. And, and we accept that because that is the nature of it. But timing? But he hasn't got a choice. He's being told. So, he, he, yeah, he's spinning that line, but he's being told as a directive by the New Zealand Rugby Union that he has to do it anyway. So... Look, he's saying that, but ultimately he doesn't have the ability to make a choice. Like, it, ultimately, he probably wants Finley Christie playing um, against the Highlanders, who were sensational in the first round. Would he not? Why wouldn't you? He's an all-black. He's one of his best players. But he's probably been told, well, this guy needs to rest, and he can't do anything about it. Scott Robertson tried to tighten things up a wee bit. Do you think would be an advocate for players playing when they want to play? Because he's, you know, obviously had a fairly a big influence over the Crusaders' success, and he's had a number of those players underneath him that actually, like you, want to keep playing. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I know Razor um, was a very big advocate of um, of uh, the fact that he wanted his players playing. Um, and he, he was always in some reasonably healthy debates with the New Zealand Rugby Union and their policies because he had a he had a um, stable full of All Blacks, didn't he? So he was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know, I can see Sebu Reese wants to play. I can see he's fit. I can see Will Jordan wants to play. You know, so, you know, Sam Whitelocks wants to play. You're telling me I can't play him this weekend? So now he's All Black coach. It's quite interesting, isn't it, that he now is sitting – on the fence of, right, what I want these players ready to go when I grab a hold of them in late June, July. Um, I wonder where his mindset sits. I don't know, but I know certainly what he was like as a super rugby coach, that he was very much not in agreement with the, the mandatory stand-down period. So 
it's kind of funny now he's got the, the boot on the other foot, hasn't he? Justin, what about the effect on Super Rugby? We know that it doesn't draw the fans in like it should. And if you're honest about that, it is a second-tier product because these individual franchises haven't got the control over access to their players. The fan base will go, hey, our top players aren't there. Why should we turn up? And that's just the nature of the way New Zealand rugby is structured. But I don't think it does the competition any favours at all. And surely this should be boosted. Agree. No, I, look, I what we want every weekend in our big tournaments, you know, and look, I, I also love the grassroots. So I love MPC and I love club rugby. But ultimately, that, that's when you get an opportunity maybe to think about getting that stage of the year, giving these players a little bit of a break. But Super Rugby is the next step of rugby underneath Test Match Rugby. And that's what inspires the kids that go along and watch. They go along and they get to see All Blacks play and they go along to see their heroes. And when their heroes are regularly taken out, when they're fit and ready to play, it, it dissipates the tournament because it takes away – the, the hype, the entertainment factor of having the best players in the country being able to turn out week to week to week, inspiring our youngsters, uh, motivating the people to go along and put bums on seats at stadiums. When you, when you then um, take them out of the game, you, you deteriorate that. And I just don't feel that it's good for the product, it's good for the brand, and, and equally, it doesn't help us in promoting the game but also promoting and inspiring our youngsters because they – they don't get their opportunity to see these guys who are the best at what they do go out and orchestrate their skills in front of them. So, yeah, I, I feel that it isn't helpful for, for a game that we need to continue to grow because we are struggling against trying to compete with other sports and equally competitions around the world. You know, at the moment, we're trying to compete against the Six Nations, which is a great tournament now. And, you know, we, we, we want our All Blacks playing. We want them out there. We want them participating. I suppose, Justin, it's also been amplified, this lack of star power and then resting good players by the fact mm. that half the All Blacks have disappeared to Japan or over to France to carry on their careers or, or take a sabbatical so that any time we need the best on the park, we need it now. We do, mate. And, and equally, look, again, you just got to take this for what it is because it's just me and it's just me talking about how I was and my men mindset as a player. But I wouldn't imagine that mindset's dramatically changed to the current player. You also have to give up opportunities that you have to go out and impress all black coaches to basically reinforce that, that jersey that you're trying to hold on to each week, that you're in form and that you're able to hold on to that because you're out there and you're performing your skills and you're playing well and you're gaining confidence. When you've got confidence and you're playing well, there's no, no better space or headspace you can be in. But when you're in that that's that rich vein of form or you're of that mindset, but yet they take it away from you by saying, well, look, the All Blacks are saying you can't play this weekend. It gives somebody else a sniff, a chance in that jersey. It gives them the opportunity to go out there and all of a sudden they have a man of a match game and you're like, oh, shit, okay, now I'm under pressure unnecessarily. That creates anxiety because this guy's had an outstanding game. He probably shouldn't have been in the jersey in the first place because it was yours, but you just had to stand down because of hierarchy and it puts you under pressure. So it's all a snowball effect and then that affects confidence, it affects performance. So, you know, like I never liked giving anybody an opportunity in any one of my jerseys, whether it was a club one or an all-black one, because I knew that if they did and they went out there and performed, 
then massive pressure came back on me to go out there and perform. And if I had an off day, all of a sudden the media start talking and they say, well, geez, this guy shouldn't bloody be starting because the other guy's playing really well. You, you're, do you know what I mean? The dynamic changes massively. So it all culminates in, in pressure and pressure is not good because it makes pay, people play insular. And I like the fact you don't play golf and you focus fully on this because you're a great correspondent, a wonderful reader of the game, Justin Marshall. Uh, dare I suggest that at the end of your All Black career, you kept all of your All Black jerseys and never gave one to anybody, right? Well, I wish that I was that way, but I actually <laughs> did take my competitiveness very seriously, uh, uh, Darcy, but I equally did respect the players that I played against. And the fact that I can walk into my house now, which I'm standing just on the outside of chatting to you, and I can see George Gregan's jersey on the wall, I can see Jus van der Vestazen's jersey, I can see, um, you know, the great the great players like you know that, that I used to play against, like the likes of Matt Dawson and Rob Howley. You know, I'm glad that I did give away the odd jersey to to have the ability to look back and say, well, I was lucky enough to play against these guys that were legends in their own right. On your Justin Marshall, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Look forward to catching up throughout the rest of the season. You look after yourself. You go well with the call. Anytime, Darcy. Thanks for having me on, mate. Always a good good time to chat. For more from Sports Talk, listen live to News Talk ZB from 7 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.